Welcome to the Free Ballers Podcast, brought to you by John Loose Cannon Leary and Alex, insert nickname here, Cordova. (laughs) (laughs) Start off with some NBA small talk. I'm sorry the Heat lost today. Uh, It was to a great team that seemingly cannot be outcoached. Yeah, um, the Raptors have been crushing it. They are undefeated in the bubble, I believe. Mm -hmm. And... You know, coming off of a win over LeBron and the Lakers, which uh, I thought was pretty impressive and kind of just showed that they are legitimate, you know. Absolutely. Um, I was I was happy with the heats like hanging in there and it being a close game and having a a comeback. Yeah. Um, But they played like ass they they didn't uh they didn't do their thing like the but credits to the raptors they played intense ass defense like they shut down duncan robinson who has been having like a historic uh three-point shooting season right and um you know they basically made him a non-factor and that's a huge part of uh the heat's offense um fred van vliet showing out yeah i learned from um miami heat beat podcast that um Duncan Robinson catching a dribble handoff from Bam on a bio is like uh it's worth 1.6 points per possession and that when you stack that up against things like uh like a Harden isolation play or like Kawhi isolation or whatever Ooh. um it's like pretty it's pretty fucking potent it's like uh it's one of the best actions you can run in the whole NBA and that's Ooh, I like, like these stats it's been getting um it's been getting more relevant as the season went on, like because Duncan Robinson kind of started on a slump and then he caught fire. And, uh, but then by the time basketball was like shutting down because of the, because of COVID he was shooting about 10 a game, you know? So he like really ramped it up and he was, and he's shooting an insane percentage Um, for them to basically make him a non-factor that, that really exposed a lot of, that really exposed a lot of weaknesses the Heat have that we don't normally see because uh, because of how effective Duncan Robinson usually is. See that game though. I mean, you know, they lost by what four points, six, four or six points, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like it could have gone either way. Like when it, when it gets that close, like if the Heat win that game, you're just saying, well, Heat won. They beat the Raptors. I'm not too surprised. Heat are a decent enough team to do that sort of a thing. What are they? fourth right now i believe in the yeah, east. Fourth, yeah. Fourth. so so them beating the second ranked raptors wouldn't wouldn't be like a, a, a huge surprise right like they have enough talent to do it so um i mean you i i appreciate when you bring up like super deep stats like that like a duncan robinson what did you say a duncan robinson like coming off a screen from bam yeah uh duncan yeah. robinson dribble handoff from bam oh dribble is, handoff okay. uh, yeah it's just like um i don't want to get i could go and and look it up and shit but it's like 1.6 points per possession. So like every time though, you know what I mean? On average. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just simply running that action is going to get you 1.6 points every time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like over time when you, when you average it out. Um, but yeah, like the taking that away really exposed the heat. But then uh, I was, uh, the heat have been using a different starting lineup since the game started to count. Um, Spo benched Myers Leonard. He's actually not even playing him at, at all. And um, Jay Crowder is playing, and Bam is uh, at the center. 
And so it's a little bit smaller, but like on defense, they can, they can switch up a lot more and they're, it's just general in general. Uh, it's a lot faster, but, um, yeah, I think, um, it's weird. There's this weird trend where a lot of teams and the heat count in this case, like are, are using smaller lineups and it's super effective. Um, but other teams are like, we're still going to try and get like as tall as we can, like Denver, Boston, yeah. I guess you could say with Taco Fall. Yeah, Philly. Um, Philly, exactly. Right. So, um, but the small ball thing is working for Houston way too well. And it, it scares me to a point because I hate seeing Houston succeed. But um, yeah, it's working for them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it works pretty good. I, I watched their game um, yesterday. Uh, I watched their last two games, actually, and they were close games. Like, they can't stop anyone from scoring. But mm-hmm. they're scoring right along with them, you know. Yeah, they, they, they can't be. Yeah, you can't stop them because they're too. And that's the thing is like you know, what do big men do to to any offense? They 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 slow it down. You put in too many big men, um, it's because you're short on rebounds and you're not getting enough. Um, that's basically it. You need some bodies around the basket. But like for the most part, they they slow things down. And then so you know, if you if you're trying to have an up tempo offense, like when you I mean specifically Houston, when you add Russell a player like what Russell Westbrook, like it's time to just kick it up a notch, right? Like, bam. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, why do you need, especially if it's not a shooter, it's like, why do you need a big guy clogging the paint when you could have multiple dudes to attack this wide open paint with the spacing? You know what I mean? Clint Capella Um, is a a major clog, great center, but a major clog. And so getting rid of him now, they're like, they're playing a little more cohesive and it's, it's pretty interesting. Like I curious to see how this, what happens with this going forward with other teams. Yeah, the the defense kind of like uh, if I was a Rockets fan, the defense is like it puts you on like an emotional roller coaster. I feel <laughs> like yeah, uh, for sure. But they kind of make up for it with like um, I noticed they do a lot of like uh, swatting and swiping at the ball and shit. Like mm-hmm. uh, since you know they don't really have like a rim protector shot blocker out there at all. So like they're just swiping and swatting for steals and trying to get into passing lanes and like use their quickness. And um, it's kind of working out, man. It's kind of working out. Yeah, I watched an interesting thing on the um, the Raptors and how they play defense. Uh, somebody, there's always these videos of somebody, somebody who's like a pretty good basketball expert will put up on like just random people on YouTube or something will say like they'll just briefly analyze like why a team is having success this year or has in the past few years under a certain coach. And um, they got into the Raptors and um, how they, uh, the, the type of defense that they use and why it works for them and why even without the savior Kawhi Leonard, they're still playing you know, better than, than people expect them to play. Um, and it's, you know, they just show how it's very simple. They just, they close out quicker on defense. They're all longer than any other team, basically. You know what I mean? As far as, you know, uh, it's just, just length, they just have length. They're taller and they're, they're more lanky than, than most teams. Yeah. Um, and they just close out better. And, you know, there's a few teams trying, like the Boston is trying to be that kind of a team too. Stevens has guys close out quickly. Um, the rotations are pretty smooth, you know, it's just, it's just interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I've def- I feel like Spo with that lineup change is def is taking a step more towards that, which is like in in my time of watching him, I think he's that's what he likes to do. So like uh, making that trade where they traded Justice Winslow and then we got um, uh, the Heat got Andre Godala and uh, Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder. Now yeah. he has uh, when having Jimmy. Igudala and Jay Crowder. That's like, uh, and not to mention like uh, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, right. And then like Bam on a bio, like all these dudes can switch the on defense. Like um, 
you know, if Bam gets switched off to a uh, point guard, um, it's not like an advantage. Like he's quick enough to stay with them. Yeah, so, that's another thing. Yeah, that people are noticing. There are certain uh, big men that are starting to be able to. They, I don't know if they practice it or if they're just there's more and more athletes in the league, but like they're starting to be a little quicker on their feet. So you know, even when you switch and you get a mismatch, they can kind of handle themselves a little bit. Yeah, whereas somebody like uh, uh, Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard, if they get switched on to like broken ankle, uh, uh, John Morant, you know, yeah, yeah it's like uh, yeah. it's um, they don't have the quickness. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the lineup change um, is interesting because uh, Myers Leonard was actually playing really fucking good. So I I'm not so sure how if I think this is quite the way, but. That being said, since it's so new, like uh, they'll probably need some time to get to get used to that. And I like that Spose like tinkering around with some, with it. <laughs> the the Raptors kicked ass. Fred Van Fred Van Vliet had a career high. Uh, still still has that uh, fresh father power, you know, like the <laughs> big dad energy. He does. <laughs> um, uh, big dad energy is good. Um, no, he's uh, he's awesome. I mean, we all knew he was awesome. He just uh, just showed out this game. I think. So. Yeah, um, but I enjoyed it. You know, like all that being said, with the Heat, they were still in it till the very end. It was a disappointing sure. outcome, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can get get gelling. They had like fifty something points off the bench, which was fire to me. So okay, if they could figure out this new starting group and uh, as well as what to do when people figure out how to shut down Duncan Robinson. Uh, they could figure out those two things in these next like six games, then uh, then that would be fantastic. We will uh, we will definitely preview the Heat Celtics game tomorrow as it's very very important. I mean, every game is kind of important when, when in this shortened uh, you know season that we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, we will preview that for sure. I think uh, at the end of this episode. But um, to get into another topic, uh, the NBA is pumping in fake sound for these games. Are you pro or against or anti or con? <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. Like, um, I feel like presentation wise, uh, it's it's working pretty well because it feels a lot. There's not a lot of uh, it's not that different, you know, from watching a game with fans. Agreed. It's, like, it feels pretty pretty good. But what the the one thing I'm curious about is uh, can is is the fake crowd noise being pumped into the arena? Like, can the players hear it? Because um, oh well, uh, I will counter. I will I will possibly answer that question with this hard statistic: um, the home team so far in the bubble are nine and two. Yeah, yeah. There's actually so, like a, a weird home advantage. There is. Well, for one, I noticed in the game yesterday. I didn't even notice it in the first one against Milwaukee. But they are putting at least the logo of the of the uh, team on the court. They put it in like at like the three quarter court mark, right? They just put like like the for the Celtics. They just put the the green circle logo with the white clover on the inside, basically just right there. And it's the Celtics. Um, so there's a there's. I mean, that's nothing really as far as advantage. I'm sure the players don't even notice that. No, but, they, I don't think they uh, see it either. I think that's digital. You know, that's I mean? digital. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah, that's Damn. just digitally there. Okay. I think uh, that's the same thing too uh, as the crowds. I'm not sure if they can actually hear um, the, the 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 sound really. So it's just for us at home. 
I'm actually trying to look that up right now. Because... Damn, that's interesting. I thought I had like a whole thing here where I was like, damn, I really like the fact that they're pumping in sound and they're keeping home court advantage, even though all the games are in Orlando. Because a part of me kind of likes that they, that being in Orlando, um, it would kind of level the playing field for everybody and there'd be no home court advantage. I kind of like the idea of that because, you know, it kind of leaves everything a little more wide open. But at the same time, I do like the fact that just by pumping in crowd noise, if the players can hear it, then that actually still gives them an advantage. I do. I admittedly, I do like that. I mean, I do like that it's there when I'm watching it. So I will, I will say that. I also just learned yesterday that if you want to, you can, I guess you could just straight up just be one of the people that's on the screen in the background. Yeah. Yeah. You can, um, there's a, a link to, to do that, which is pretty I had dope. no clue. Yeah. yeah. I assume you just pay for it and then you're, you're, you're a person in the background, like your face is in the background. Yeah, I don't even. I think it's free. I think it's just a matter of uh, be, be availability and just being there and shit. And, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, like Paul Pierce was watching the last game, and his face is like huge yeah, on the screen in the back. Free ballers should try to make an appearance. I'm uh, thinking this. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like tomorrow's game would be a perfect situation for that. That's they true. had like that's, Jason that's Jason Tatum's son was on the screen. It was amazing. <laughs> this is awesome. Damn well, I don't know. That sounds a little exclusive, you know, Jason Tatum's <laughs> son. Yeah. getting in i don't know if i can get in but we'll try yeah, we'll that's try. fair i mean you know you gotta let a kid get in there yeah we'll uh we'll give it a shot yeah i do like how with the music um they've there's at least been an attempt to make the music be kind of in the vibe of like the team that's supposed to be home you know yeah what I mean? for sure like it's not quite spot on but it does feel, you know, like uh, when it's like the Lakers, they there's like California jams and yes, shit, you yes. know, like uh, stuff like that. Um, I've appreciated that. Yeah, the Boston home games have a lot of racist music, and that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, I can't, I can't really see, I can't really get a definitive answer as far as like can the can the players hear the fake crowd noise. I'm gonna keep looking mm. for that, but. Um, yeah, I think it's done a good job to make the game feel natural and like it always like a real NBA game. Um, I just think also though, sometimes it's like, uh, I wouldn't mind some quiet too, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, it doesn't, um, I noticed a couple times, like, uh, like in the heat Raptors game today, uh, Cal mm-hmm. Lowry hit a free throw and the crowd went berserk. And it mm-hmm. was like a fucking free throw. Like it, I just, <laughs> I just had a hard time feeling like that would be the real reaction, you know? Like no disrespect to the Raptors fans, like this like, yeah. awesome. And I'm sure they would have <laughs> cheered, but it was like it was a little bit weird for me. Um, and then I started thinking about how, like, yeah, you know, just a little bit of quiet sometimes is good too. Yeah, you just want to hear the sneakers going across the floor, the ball dribbling, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it would feel like a preseason game, like if you're watching it like that. But way. yeah, if if the players could hear the sound, um, then I feel like I'm for it, just because of the placebo effect and just the mental effect of it of being mm-hmm. of being having you know a fake crowd cheering for one team and not the other. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's how the NBA works. Like you play in another team's uh, you know court and. The, the crowd's going to root for you know them and not you so it is yeah. what it is if the players can't hear it then you know i wouldn't mind if they mixed in a little more of the of the natural sounds that's that are going on in there uh 
just just because like um even even in games with fans it's not always just screaming <laughs> you know like uh it's fair yeah sometimes, sometimes like there's, uh, there's some down moments yeah if you're if you're watching the celtics and at a home game and like jason tatum's taking like a clutch free throw mm-hmm. they're probably going to get pretty quiet you yeah, know what of I mean? course yeah um so uh i think it overall it's good but you know, just I don't need to be screamed at the whole time. So. <laughs> I feel like the uh, the players might be a little fifty fifty on this because, I mean, they're also very aware that they're in a bubble. Like as much as you want to pump in the sounds, it must feel a little forced when you're actually playing the game because um, you're like, oh, okay, you're pumping in sound, but I know these aren't actual fans of of Boston sitting in the stands rooting for me, actually wanting me to win. I'm sure they're watching me from home like they always do, but this is fake sound or this is sound from a previously recorded game. And it's just, they're just kind of, you know, throwing it in there. Um, I, you know, some players might actually just kind of tune, tune it out to a point. And by tune it out, I mean, they just kind of roll with it and it's, and it's, uh, they just kind of, uh, pretend like it's there. Like, like it's like, it's like it's sound from an actual home game. Um, yeah, you kind of get into your, your focus bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are some guys who are just like, well, you know, I get it. They're just pumping in sound. I didn't even need the sound to be pumped in anyways. I, I'm kind of fine with it. No, I don't know. If I was out there playing, man, and uh, like I just fucking dunked on somebody or something, mm-hmm. I, I would go up to that little Nintendo Wii crowd <laughs> and, and fucking scream, you know, <laughs> like uh, you know oh. the sound they're the sound they're pumping in is do 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 do. Oh shit! That's what they should do. <laughs> times have i fallen asleep to that dumb fucking thing oh man honestly Whew. i'm gonna i'm gonna i have a confession to make to yeah. the world and uh multiple times during this covid19 era yeah i have put on one of those like eight hour loops of of that song <laughs> on youtube <laughs> just to do like my chores around the house yeah and i'm not gonna lie it's fucking incredible. It's fire. Okay. I couldn't recommend it more. Uh, throw, oh, shit. Yeah. Throw that shit An on. Eight hour like, loop? Yeah. I mean, don't stick around for the whole eight hours. Like, that's going <laughs> to be, that's gonna be madness. But yeah. 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 Throw that on while you like do the dishes or something. Like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> dishes never stop, by the way, in quarantine is what I noticed. But um, <laughs> what I was what I was gonna say is um, it's either that or if you're a little bit older. Well, you actually uh, you, you you remember this too. Um, but uh, I'm older than you, obviously. But like the uh the original Xbox uh menu screen that has like the weird little sounds in the background that kind of sit oh, yeah. in your nightmares. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness, yeah, that's nostalgic as fuck. And it freaked me the fuck out. You'd be like sleeping and you wake up and like, oh shit, I left the Xbox on. But you hear like these like tiny little voices in your ear and it's coming from the damn Xbox. It's true. Damn, I forgot all about that. That mm-hmm. uh, that was definitely a thing. Fun fact about TJ Warren was gotten, was uh, gotten, 
such a bad word was uh was he was the Pacers got him for for cash considerations. Yeah, cash considerations uh prolific player throughout the years, but TJ mm-hmm. Warren, you know, 53 points, man, against you know, like in you know, with in like an important game. Yeah, TJ Warren uh he had gotten in that altercation with Jimmy Butler earlier in the season and like Jimmy it resulted in like Jimmy Butler blowing him a kiss. Mm. And uh, there was like all this anticipation for their next matchup. And we didn't get to see that um, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But now in the bubble schedule, they are slated to go up against each other twice. And with mm. uh, TJ Warren on this hot streak, uh, following up his 53 point game with a 34 point 11 rebound game, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is looking like it's going to be a hell of a showdown between these two guys, even though, uh, you know, I've only seen two games of, of Jimmy and he's not, he's fucking not putting 50 on anyone's head or anything. So we'll see, but that's not really his thing anyway. So, well, but, 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 and that that can also change from one game to the next. I mean, he he could just all of a sudden decide to show up, uh, you know, tomorrow against Boston, and just fucking throw it out, you know? Uh, that's true. And, uh, I will say like, uh, I was, uh, you know, the Heat won that game where TJ and Jimmy got into it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if I was, uh, I didn't come away from it thinking like TJ Warren is trash. You know what I mean? Oh, I was no, like, no. Um, if I'm a Pacers fan, I, I was encouraged by like just the spiciness of it all, especially considering at the time there was like no Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Um, so his emergence is huge for them because, um, missing to get him for just straight cash and then yeah. also missing Sabonis right now who mm-hmm. has also emerged as a as a pivotal player for them uh you know that's going to help fill the void of Sabonis being gone a little bit as far as production and kind of allow Oladipo to be a decoy and kind of test to see how healthy he is or to be on like a nice minutes restriction for the coach because they're trying to ease him back into playing again right after the injury um, so he's trying to like get eased back in before they start the playoffs because they are a playoff team, right? And so, but TJ yeah. Warren could just go out there and score for them, and they don't necessarily need Oladipo to be doing you know a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, that's a real nice new development for them, mm-hmm. considering how shitty it was to they at one point they thought they were going to have no Sabonis and no Oladipo at all, which means they're they're kind of screwed. Yeah. yeah. So this is a, a big turnaround as far as that's concerned. So, um, coach of the year this year, I'm not sure if this has happened before, but, um, is owned by two players. Um, I think I already told you, but for the sake of a podcast, you should guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's true. And I'm not looking at that anymore. Okay. So, but I think I, I think I know though, it's, uh, Budenholzer and Donovan. You nailed it. You nailed it, sir. Yeah. Um, are you good know. with these? I did know already. So. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. Are you good with these? Like, are you? I mean, I I'm not normally. I don't pay attention normally to Coach of the nah. Year because I feel like it's it's a, a bogus award. But um, I don't know. You're not you're not good with these stuff. Yeah, I think I think even the coaches um don't like Coach of the Year. And what is it? What does it really mean when you could be Coach of the Year like Dwayne Casey and then just mm. get fired? And I and mm. I don't think that great point. I don't think that he's the first 
coach of the year to get fired. I really, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But anyways, yeah, coach of the year is kind of a wishy-washy award. That being said, I think Nick Nurse deserves to be in there more. Like, um, sure. I think if not just the only, the, he should have been the sole winner. Or I think I would replace uh, Budenholzer with Nick Nurse um, in I, the co-coach thing. Oh, really? I feel like if, um, well, first of all, I don't like the idea of a co-coach of the year. I feel like one person should get the award and you, should, you could just rank the votes as it were. Um, but I guess in this case, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's decided by, you know, every coach gets to vote on it. So there is a potential of, uh, two coaches getting the same amount of votes. So in this case, Budenholzer and Donovan got it, but I feel like there should be some sort of a tiebreaker. Like you need to sort of have another decision-making process after that. Um, at the same time, it's kind of an arbitrary award who gives, who gives a shit. But if you were to put in like a tiebreaker thing, I feel like you give it to Budenholzer only because I feel damn I feel like Donovan gets well see they're giving it to Donovan obviously because he lost Westbrook and still has a team that's ready for the playoffs right yeah and the idea of giving he lost Paul George as well did lose Paul George correct I'm sorry yeah and and, but and then I feel like they're you know Budenholzer they they consider him for it because this is the best record the Bucks have had in years right yeah so he's got them first in the east first in the league I think in, in record wise and they're lined up to kind of win the championship if everything goes right for them. So, um, so I, I get why I get the, the reason why both of them won. I feel like you have to sort of tie break it down to. I, actually, I, I agree with you. Nick Nurse should probably get it this year too. To be very honest, after what ta- after what he's done, losing Kawhi. Um, but I can understand it if you want to give it to Donovan. I'd almost be fine with that. So yeah, I could understand Donovan too, just because of. Uh... I don't think anyone thought the Thunder would be no. as good as they are. I thought they'd be a lottery team. Whereas, uh, you know, I think Budenholzer is like the classic winner of the award because he probably has the most wins. If I had to guess, that's just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but my thing with that, though, is they had 60 wins last year. You know what I mean? So yes. it's not like, yes. you know, yeah, yeah. These other guys had harder jobs, I feel. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Um, Nick Nurse, I mean, the reason I bring this up is because I thought it was interesting that Nick Nurse was one vote away from being in a three-way tie with those other two guys, right? And that's even more telling than the two of them uh, winning co-coach of the year because Nick Nurse, like, I mean, this guy, like, the Raptors keep beating all of the projections. Straight up, I mean, Donovan and Nick Nurse don't have Giannis. So exactly. Yeah, no. And that, and that, that's, that goes a long way. And, and you could make the case that Nick nurse lost one of the best players in the league, right. In, in, in Kawhi Leonard, um, yeah. and still has the team on a projection to be, you know, they're still second in the East. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's huge for them. Like you, you lose, you know, they, they call Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard was called the savior, I believe. And, um, now you lose him, he goes to a new team. Yeah. You still are able to put together a team that wins just as many games on the court. Yeah, that not only huge. not only just as many, but their their win percentage is actually higher. Higher, and I can't think of a another time in at least recent history, at least uh, you know of my time watching the NBA, you know twenty twenty five years or so, um, where that's happened, where like somebody a coach has lost. They're pretty much their best player. Yeah, their finals MVP. Finals MVP and gone on to win basically the last. Actually, you know what? 
here's a hot take coming here. The last time I can, the first example I can think of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure you might be able to think of something else. When Jordan retired for the two years to go to baseball, Phil Jackson still had a 50-win team on the court yep, with yep. no Jordan. Yeah, so with that, Scotty. That might be the closest example I can think of of, of that situation happening. I, that, I agree with that, too. I think that's yeah. the only other one I could think of. Mm-hmm. He had a playoff. He had a, a team that made the playoffs, I think had home court advantage um, in 90. 9394 I can't remember exactly. Yeah, but no, they, think, did, yeah. they did really well. They did uh, yeah. like comparable to a Jordan team. Yeah. Um, so they didn't have the results in the playoffs, but yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so Nick Nurse is entering a certain Nick Nurse is entering a, a certain category of coaches that needs to be I feel like he, he when he when he retires, I feel like he may not get the respect he deserves, but I feel like it needs to be there at least now. No, yeah, I yeah. I respect him, man. Like I Seeing him throw out some some of the more uh, whimsical schemes and shit that you don't see yeah. all the time, like uh, yeah. I I think like earlier in the year uh, he threw out like a box and one or some mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, just the fact that he would even do that is like I think that's fantastic because dudes get too stuck on like traditions and shit. Sure. Um, and uh he gets results man he won a championship he deserves all yeah. he deserves the credit because uh you know it's just because you have Kawhi doesn't mean you're gonna win like Kawhi right. hasn't won every year of his career you know like oh he hasn't yeah uh, so you know the coach that has a lot to do with that stuff and he's proven uh that he's a good coach in in my book at least um with them too i think um Last year in their playoff run, OG Anunoby, uh, Anunoby. <laughs> OG Anunoby? Yeah, OG Anunoby. Anunoby. Okay. God damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OG Anunoby. Yeah. Um, was I think he got that right. He yeah. was injured. And um, uh, Siakam was like the Robin to Kawhi's Batman. You know? mm, agreed. Yeah. I feel like, and also, um, both of those guys, Kawhi and Siakam, are excellent defenders, mm-hmm. super duper defenders. Uh, now, OG Ananobi is healthy, and Siakam has taken a step forward. So now Siakam can kind of run a lot of the same actions that like Kawhi would do for them. Yeah, and Ananobi is that defensive sidekick. You know, like, and he's fantastic. Like, uh, in the game against the Lakers, he was fantastic. And then in the mm-hmm. game today, he was pissing me off because he was so good. Against, <laughs> uh, they put him on Bam, and I could tell he was pissing Bam off. Like The the closeout on Dragic, and then Dragic with the dirty trip. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. You hate to see it. You really do. Yeah, yeah. Dragic, you know, Dragic has a little bit of the, uh, you know... Uh, they, I would say, wily veteran tactics. Mm, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> that's he a, almost, he almost, almost got away with that. He almost got well. No, he. I shouldn't say that. He did get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Which is why could have think, been a um, Which is why I think they gave Kelly a flagrant on a mm. on a play after that that should not have been one. It seemed like kind of a makeup thing. Oh, really? No shit. Yeah. But hey, I mean the the whole game was exciting. It was it was good. Um, but yeah, Nick Nurse, I think, is my favorite of the three of those guys. So mm. it's unfortunate that he didn't get to be one of the co-coaches of the year. But, you know, whatever, man. 
uh, fuck coach of the year. Fuck coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of a silly award, but, um, but I, I, I don't mind it because like, I, I sometimes think about how tough it is to be a coach. Like you, you work very hard to get to the level of being an NBA coach. And so once you are one of the 30 NBA coaches, that that's an elite, that's an elite status. Even if you're the coach of the worst NBA team in, in the league, uh, you know, with the worst record, you, it's still an elite status. You can still, oh, hell yeah. you know, and that still counts. So, and that's like, and I feel like you have to, you have to make your mark on that team just to stay employed for the next, you know, few years of your life. It's right? true. Like you, Coaches uh, have very low like job security. They do, yeah. And so you have to like you have to really make your mark. It, it's not it's not easy. Like and and plus like there are things that like are out of your control. You just can't help injuries for one. Uh, the GM decides to make trade here and there, and you know they they just you know you have to kind of deal with what you have and just make the best of it. Like you have to take you know lemon to make it into lemonade a lot. So it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird job. So I don't mind the fact that they want to give the award to somebody, but, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a little, it, 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 the award doesn't always go to the right person, I guess. I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Co-coach of the year too. Like, ah, uh, get yeah. the fuck out of my face. Yeah, Just make it guy. one person. One person yeah. gets it. Yeah. That's it. Just, yeah. Just, uh, just have all 30 coaches just come out arms linked and just fucking just give it to them all this year. Then why not? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but those tough. those are two good coaches, and I think all three of those guys are deserving. I just wish uh, the fact that Nick Nurse is not even in the in the they gave it to two people, and one of them's not Nick Nurse. Like yeah. what the fuck? Agree. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. Um, and they just <laughs> fucking beat my favorite team today. So you would think I'd yeah, hate which, more, which but thing. not. Yeah. Uh, the man is good at coaching. He is Nick Nick Nurse is Nick Nurse is good at coaching. That's fair. It does seem to be pretty wide open. I mean, there's a few a handful of teams that are the clear favorites, but no one really has like a uh a fucking stranglehold on it the way the Warriors did. It's true. And honestly, you know, Milwaukee, as much as I I kind of thought they had a stranglehold on it, I'm starting to like the 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 closer we get to the end of the season, the more I'm starting to think they just they may choke, to be very honest. Again. Wow, with uh the Bucks? Yeah, I really do. Wow. Damn, that's e- a hot that's a hot one, dude. We got to Even fuck. though even though they beat Boston, I still I I saw a ton of weaknesses in their in their team. Yeah. Um they have the, they have the, I mean, they, at any given point, they could beat any single team on the court. That's, they've proven that by their record. But they also, um, yeah, they, they can get like, they can get up in their own heads, I think, and they, they can choke. I think there's, there's a potential there for that to happen. Giannis, it's all up on, it's all up to Giannis, man. Um, and that's, and that's actually what, what, what worries me if I'm a Bucks fan, because I still feel like he's immature. I still feel like he's not polished enough. Yeah, he has more. Despite how fucking amazing he is, you—it's crazy that he's so good. But you know that he still has more to go. You know, he does. Yeah, he's got to work on his shooting. He's got to, dude. He honestly—I mean, not to sound biased, but he should have fouled out of the Celtics game. And if he had fouled, honestly, I don't think I watched that game, and uh, that that pissed me off. Like uh, I started thinking about two fouls. in particular, he should have gotten called for. Oh yeah, yeah. The in the second one, 
he shouldn't it should never happen because he should have been filed out you know so like it's yes exactly yeah um and that yeah that was so such blatant like favoritism for him uh it was ridiculous that it, it got me thinking are these the number one choice refs you know, given the circumstances and the bubble and the virus and all, oh, all this, interesting um, take. Yeah, I, I uh, that that game made me think about that because that sucked. You know, like uh, yeah, and then, for real. Um, that same day, I watched a few other games, and there were some calls too where I was like, "Man, I don't fucking know about this." And then I don't think being able to hear their voices is helping. I think it's hurting more than it's helping because okay. you get to hear the real reasoning behind some of these calls and it just makes it all the more infuriating when you, when you find out like um like even a call that went against the heat um as far uh in the game today like the Dragic uh, call yeah the the Dragic call they basically yeah. let Dragic get away with that because um was it uh Ananobi was it Ananobi? Ananobi. Was yeah. it OG? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't get he didn't get hurt, you know. And then yeah. I look up and find out that the severity of the injury caused the redemption. Could have been bad. Well, yeah, that. But also, it's a factor in determining if it's mm-hmm. a flagrant or not. Yeah, and it's like, for real. And the guy mentioned that. Um, the ref mentioned it, and we got to like hear that. I don't know. I don't, that's, if anything, it's just making me more upset about the calls, mm-hmm. <laughs> like being able well, to hear them. Well, so, so, so in that way, I mean, with, with your same logic, I actually like hearing it because it makes me more mad because I'm like, they need to fucking clear up how they make these calls. Cause like, Honor Nobe, I mean, I, not to hate on your guy, but Honor Nobe could have gotten really hurt on that play. Like that was, that was a legit, no, like yeah, sort, of, right. sort of secretive, like Dragic's trying to kind of trip him up to prevent the fast break. And I get Dragic's um, logic, obviously, there. And, and most likely, Anunoby was not going to, going to get hurt on that play. But he could have gotten really – like, he could have broken his thumb. He could have come down uh-huh. really hard on his yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, it could have been really bad. It's yeah, not necessary. So, mm-hmm, absolutely. So um, you have to sort of – yeah, you, you, I don't know. And, and plus, like, I, I was watching some of the the missed calls on Giannis. Like, the there was the one against um, – the, 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 the two fouls in question are the ones against the, – the very clear offensive foul against Marcus Smart, that Marcus Smart – called it out at, at the last game and got fined again because he always gets fined. It's this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, first it, fine it was, in the it, bubble, too. <laughs> yeah, seriously, which is, which is his forte. But, um, it's an honor. He should get a trophy for that. <laughs> his accountant is like, fuck, again? But, um, yeah, so he, yeah, that was a clear offensive foul on Giannis when he, it, smart, smart got to the spot first. Yeah. And he was slightly over the line. But we talking about the hostile act or are we talking about the uh, the charge? Oh, I was talking um, about the charge. There's a charge okay, on okay. on um yeah on, yeah the, where Giannis went in and, and yeah that's went for a after layup. that's after uh, the, the hostile one. act of on Tice with the fucking yeah. uh, palm like yeah. fucking yeah. <laughs> and that's one of those ones where like I, I kind of gave um I gave them the uh, I played devil's advocate with it. I was like maybe Tice was just acting a little bit, but I don't think he was. I think like I think Giannis like shoved his hand into him and he um, he immediately flinched and got hurt. And that's a foul. Like you can't do that. Like Jalen, he got a good he got a good screen on Giannis, and that gave Jalen an open an open lane. And he didn't like it, so he pushed Tice off a little bit. So you got to call the foul. But um, and I think that's where his immaturity is going to really cost the Bucks. That I mean, back to the reason we started this. Like the Bucks are 
you know, it, if it all relies on Giannis, you've got to, you've got to rein him in a little bit. He's got to learn like, this is a foul, man. You can't do this. You got to be, and, and I kind of, I feel for him a little bit in that he, his body and the way he's built, like he wants to do so much aggressive shit on the court. You know, yeah, like he has all this, like, can, yeah, if he it, can, yeah, that's the thing. He wants, it he, a little better. He wants to show it off. He or not show it off. He wants to just use it. He wants to like, he, hey, he's so long and he's so tall and he can do so much with his height. Like he wants to, he wants yeah. to just be able to, to use it. But like, you know what it reminds me of? It's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an X-Men like, but when they're like uh, adolescent, you know, teenagers <laughs> growing up and they got these powers, and yeah. it's like all oh, hella full shit. Puberty's yeah. already awkward, and Fired then they got, and then all you know, you throw in like laser beam eyes on top <laughs> of it, like Jesus <laughs> Christ. And then uh, that that's that's what Giannis is like. He needs a Professor X to like help him really harness and master his his special abilities. Man, he's kind and, of the Wolverine of the league. Right? In a like way, in a way, yeah, I don't like, even know. Fuck, what X Men would he be? Fuck, I don't even know. Well, he's just he's raw, and he's like he doesn't he like he's he's all like he's just he's yeah, all. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I I I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and yeah, is Budenholzer his Professor X? Well, if you he know? is, he's, gonna, he's a bad Professor X. I'll tell yeah, you what. To be like, to be continued. To, yeah, be, to continue. be continued. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just hope that that's, that's what they're not. I mean, I hope they're not pitting their hopes on him. Like, I feel like they need to rely on the other guys in the court that are a little more mature and they can just kind of rein them in and say, listen, man, you got to work on the fouls. Like, if you don't, if you don't get, get these fouls in check, the refs are going to keep having to make the calls for you. And honestly, in the playoffs, they probably won't do that. Like, if we're up, like, I think Brad Stevens figured out how to handle them. Like, and Marcus Smart knows how to draw fouls. And so let's get Giannis out of the game as quick as we can. So, that's the goal with trying to beat the Bucks. Yeah, it's true. You got to use uh, his aggressiveness against him. You know, build, build that wall so he's running into dudes all the time. Absolutely, running into dudes, running into dudes like uh, like he's just browsing through Chatterbait. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the Brad that's Stevens the, defense. That's the trap we got to set. <laughs> <laughs> They even showed like uh, I I kind of it is kind of cool to see. I, I'm glad they're giving us a glimpse now into like the ref when they're talking to the um, the in game. Who are they? Like the, the sidelines guys, basically. When they're saying, um, "Here's why I made this call. Uh, it goes for Boston. It goes against Milwaukee. Yada yada yada." Um, yeah. I do sort of like that, but uh, at the same, but but partially because they showed Brad Brad Stevens is in the background of one of those calls, and the call went against Boston, and. He has a constant face that says, are you fucking kidding me? To every rep. He has perfected the, are it's you like fucking kidding me face. Old yeah. Karen mode on his yeah. ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's true. I do like uh, anything that gives more access. I do like that. It is cool. We've never had that before. So it is cool yeah. to hear them. But it just makes me more angry because I'm like, what? Yeah. Because you get to hear the little arbitrary rules that are yeah. determining these decisions. And it's and they're silly. Yeah, they're not always the most important, like common no. sense thing. Um, that being said, talking about uh, Brad, Brad Stevens' uh, chatterbait defense, um, <laughs> <laughs> we got Heat Celtics tomorrow. We do have Heat Celtics tomorrow. I'm so excited. Super excited for it. Um, I'm a little extra excited because the Heat had a deflating ass game today. So mm-hmm. I love when a team gets like 
you know, a less than 24 hour chance to redeem themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. So we will see if that helps. uh, If the motivating factor of coming off a bad loss can override, you know, being on a back to back. And then Mm -hmm. uh, the Celtics, man, looking strong. Uh, Tatum having a bounce back game and uh, Kemba being like Mm -hmm. fully healthy. Uh, I feel I feel like the Celtics now that we're in this bubble have kind of uh, I I would put them in a higher tier. You know what I mean? Like uh, I feel pretty strong about them. I don't know. I think with their health and versatility, like they're I I would feel pretty good about the Celtics. I I I mean, obviously, I fully agree. I mean, Kemba is um, I mean, in both of these fourth quarters and both of the games he's played so far. He's on kind of a minute restriction now because Brad is kind of limiting his playing time due to that injury he had. So they're kind of saving a little bit for the playoffs. So in the fourth quarter, he's getting like, you know, he's getting, um, he's getting put on the bench a little bit, even though he wants to be back in the game really bad, but it's giving chances to guys like Jalen Brown to do what he did last night against Portland, um, the fourth quarter to just show out and just show what he can do. Um, and that's great. I mean, I love it. So but just think about this team that can, you know, keep up with Milwaukee in the first game back from the bubble with Tatum only scoring five points and Giannis should have been, should have been ejected. Um, then this other game uh, up against a very hungry Portland team and just, you know, you know, weathering yeah. the comeback there and still winning that one. Strong, uh, strong victory. Yeah. Strong victory. Yeah. Yeah. And just think like they're going to make the playoffs and then Kemba will actually get decent playing time like he's not going to be on a minute restriction anymore yeah so yeah, yeah i mean it's yeah it, it's scary to think the east is kind of i won't say it's wide open but one through like uh, six it can pretty much can come out of the east i think i feel like the celtics give uh in a weird way they give the heat more matchup troubles than the bucks do how's that like um just because uh they've the heat have just played better against the bucks and um, we'll actually get a little sample of that because uh, tomorrow we'll see them play the Celtics, but then we'll see the Heat play the Bucks in the following game. I think it's on Thursday. Mm. Um, and we'll just we'll or Heat Bucks on Thursday. We'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but if anything, I think Bam on a bio and Duncan Robinson are going to have big games tomorrow. Okay, Bam on a bio. I can see because the Celtics weak point is their center position. I feel it's their weakest one on the court. Yeah. I only think that because, um, they both had unusually quiet games today okay. in a loss. So I think they might be a little motivated. Plus, um, Brad Stevens is smart and he's going to know what happened today. And I think he's going to try to replicate some of what, Toronto did to Duncan mm. Robinson to uh, take him out of the game, which is but, what exactly? Um, they they basically like uh, you know because the the main action is Duncan Robinson getting a dribble handoff from Bam, and Bam kind of sets a screen there, and Duncan is able to find a shot there or do mm. a little dump off pass to Bam to roll to the basket, and um, the Spurs had two ba- fast players on guarding either one of them dudes to the point where like uh if that action happened they could switch right away and they could close out on duncan robinson you know go over like uh instead of going under and like uh anticipating duncan robinson coming to the basket i mean you know he's yeah. not going to do that no like, um, 
So they were able to switch and run him off the line a little bit, like be right there to kind of blitz him a little bit. And um, mm. they, and not, not to mention just denying him the ball, like ball denial, like um, not letting him even be open to receive a pass. Um, the, I don't know. I mean, it, because it was just today, even too, I, I would have to look more, but they, they did some interesting things to stop him. And I feel like Brad Stevens just chilling and having to play the heat he's doing mm-hmm. a scouting and shit. He's going to see you that. Cause that's the first time that anyone has done that. So I think, mm, he'll, I think that'll be what to watch in this game is like, how do the Celtics uh, try to stop Duncan Robinson? Cause like uh, he's not going to, he's not going to be like the MVP or anything, but this man, if you, if you're not careful, he'll sink like six or seven threes. Yeah. And yeah. Like, and that's, that, yeah, it's huge. And um, and if so, Eric Spoelstra is watching the previous game the Celtics had, he knows that like, look, if you if you get some good wide open threes, like even if you have, a, if, I mean, CJ McCollum and Dame were just lighting them up. It was nuts. It was kind of crazy. Like I was like, man, there's no way they would come down and make another three, and they come down and make another three. So you knock a few of those down, that's what breaks their back a little bit. So yeah, I'm, I'm so, hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's that's what I'm watching because that's like the Heat's bread and butter is like the you know, Duncan dribble handoff from Bam. And so how the Celtics choose to play that. And then also uh, if I'm the heat, I'm thinking I'm basically assuming that the Celtics are going to do the same fucking thing because that's just kind of how it works. Like teams mm-hmm. learn from each other. They're going to know what to do. So this is a great opportunity for the heat to like figure out what's a fu- what the fuck do you do when that happens? You know, and Duncan Robinson is going to have to figure this out too and things he can do to 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 take advantage of that because uh while they are limiting him in a lot by playing that way he's also drawing a lot of attention which is uh, a good thing so hmm. we're, they they're going to have to learn how to incorporate that and in, you know there's another layer there of like uh what they can do next once that gets blown up um and we'll see how that goes but uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to watch that game and hopefully Same. we'll get a chance to, to talk about it when it's done. That's uh, a, um, that's a tough spot for Duncan Robinson. I, I, I predict, um, Bam on a bio for the, for you guys will have probably have the biggest game to be honest. And for the Celtics, uh, weird hot take here. I feel like Gordon Hayward's going to be the top scorer. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, say just because of heat trends i'm gonna say yes. kemba kemba's gonna have his best game okay of the bubble duncan robinson's still a rookie right he's your starting point guard no 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 so duncan duncan robinson's like a forward he's like uh he's basically starting at the small forward and he looks small uh yeah he's like six eight and um all they this, said was six eight he stood yeah i think this is either his second or third year i want to say okay. uh yeah, second or third year. He he played in the G League most of this. This is the first season he's played legitimate minutes. Um, before this, okay. he, he was a you know super-duper bench warmer, and uh, he played a lot of G League minutes. Um, but no, point of attack defense and point guard defense in particular has been really hard for the Heat lately. So... Uh, Judging by what I've seen John Morant and Fred Van Vliet do to them lately in the last like week. Oh, um, okay. 
I think Kemba give, has a give nice Kemba the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Kemba's got a good situation for him tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, it's always fun. I mean, it'll, it'll be a good game for sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow after, after that, we'll, we'll get a nice little, uh, post game report, see how, how our predictions worked out. It'll be like traveling through time. Uh, I'll just go <laughs> and we'll, we'll be in tomorrow. It'll be fantastic. Well, I, I feel like I was actually transported through time just with your sound effects. So, uh, watching that game while working, getting pissed. pissed. <laughs> that was unfortunate for y'all. That was unfortunate for the Celtics. It's unfortunate for all parties involved. It's unfortunate for the rest because they're probably going to get fired for the way they, they ruined the Celtics' <laughs> chances of winning. Um, you know, by the way, Duncan Robinson has the most punchable face in the NBA. Like, I will give you that. He started yeah. to grow this little goatee and mustache, yep. like a little peach fuzz, and he yeah, never enough. had that before. And that's, I agree, that's enough. That is enough. <laughs> Someone's we gonna like it off right now, Mister. Somebody's just gonna knock him out one day and be like, "Oh, you think you can just make threes on me?" And just slap <laughs> the hair off his face. <laughs> God. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So Tyler Hero, um, mm. he had a little step back three where he had Grant Williams stumbling. Uh, okay. All right. So he, so he yeah. broke, well, actually they're both rookies, I guess, kind of, but okay, whatever. That's yeah. cool. I mean, that's fine. Fun. It was fun. I, I can live with Grant Williams getting crossed up. That's fine. Yeah. I got to say, man, though, like when, uh, in the hours leading up to the game, I found out that Jimmy Butler was sitting out and I was mm. like, I was pretty much just like, well, there, you know, there goes the game. Like, uh, I had no yeah. idea that they were going to hold it down like they did. Well, I mean, your top scorer at that point becomes, uh, Bam, yeah. Um, Bam went out there and did his thing. Uh, he had a nice Bam. bounce back game. Yeah, Bam had twenty one, and then uh, Duncan Robinson also had twenty one. Um, okay, yeah, there were no um, no uh, egregious uh, technical fouls by Dragic this game. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I mean, okay, I guess we let you guys have one this season. That's cool. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We. Uh, oh. I, of all the games too, like, um, bubble game. You know, yeah. Well, a bubble game yeah. and like to have no Jimmy Butler, like I pretty much figured that was, I thought they were going to just get slaughtered. Um, but it was interesting. It was, it was nice to see Duncan Robinson bounce back from, uh, like the Raptors really smothered his ass. And it looks like he kind of, uh, he kind of, you know, broke through that a little bit in this game. Um, I expected Kemba to do a little more, but I also wasn't realizing that he's like coming off that injury or whatever. Yeah, right? he's still on this minute. He's still on a minute restriction, I think. And uh, I was kind of hoping they would just like kind of let him loose a little bit in this one, because um, the Celtics. I mean, yeah, like the second they can still move up in the standings. So I mean, may yeah. as well try, right? Like go for it. Yeah. But I think um, I don't know. I think I think he's. I think Brad Stevens is also kind of like <clears throat> as Kemba's, you know a veteran right so he's kind of trying to see what like brown and tatum are going to do like as far as taking over a game so i yeah, think i think he's kind of experimenting with that yeah there's no need to rush him back neither because it's like uh the standings are you know slightly malleable but i mean you know it's not like you're gonna miss the playoffs or anything so right mm-hmm. um you know and they're 
coming right up. So you might as well let him get a little extra rest in there. But I really did think he was going to do more um, only because he's the exact type of player that the Heat have big problems uh, stopping. How's that? uh, uh, They just have had, I mean, they let Fred Father First Van Vliet get <laughs> like a career high yesterday. Oh, you mean like a like a scoring point guard? Like yeah, I think scoring point points, guards yeah. are yeah. a nightmare. Like John Morant torched them in a scrimmage, one mm-hmm. of them scrimmage games. But, you know, so that actually played into the Heat's uh, hands a little bit there, the fact that he's on a minutes restriction. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tatum, Tatum was awesome. Tatum was, was fire the whole time. I thought kills it. Yeah, he kills it. I mean, he was so good. They had to give him a, a fake technical foul at the very end of the game for some reason for talking to himself. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I saw hmm. that. I don't I don't know what, I think he was like, uh, he was mad about not getting, he was mad about old calls. So he fought, he got a call and he was hey, so just kind of just fuming about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know what was really it. odd, dude? And I, I, I watched this shit, and I still feel like I don't know how it happened. Uh, Marcus Smart fouled out in 16 minutes, bro. In the third uh, quarter, he was done. Yeah, that didn't help either. Yeah, like, is, yeah. Um, damn, like, is that is that typical? Does he have nights like that? No, no, no right? he's super. Yeah. He's super important. Like, like, please stay on the court. So I don't know. It was kind of weird, but yeah, I that mean, was, that was you weird. Out, you fell out. Obviously, like being a Heat fan, I'm happy with the outcome of the game. But I will say the the bubble refs have been uh, kind of weird. You know, like that's they have, Giannis. They have uh, no chill. Yeah. The weird um in the Portland game yesterday, or not yesterday, but the last Celtics game when they played Portland, that backcourt call. Did you see that? No. What happened? So it was a really tight game, right? I think it was on Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday. I think they played Portland. Really tight game. Portland played really well. Um, and like this is like under a minute, and like the Celtics are trying to get the ball over half court without getting fouled, and like Portland's got to press on, right? So Tatum, before crossing the half court line, jumps in the air and throws it um, sideways, like like uh, you know perpendicular to uh, Hayward, right? And Hayward kind of catches it, but he's kind of in the air flying and, and goes over the half court line. So the, the refs were like, well, that's a backcourt. And we were, everybody's like, how's that backcourt? Like Tatum was behind <laughs> the line, jumped in the air, threw it. Tate, or Hayward jumped in the air to catch it and then got, went over the line. They call that a backcourt. Um, it's, uh, it doesn't look like a backcourt. I don't know. So, and it just, it, I don't know. They, they stuck to it too. Like afterwards, like they, they're just like fucking around. And there's a whole, thread about how daniel tice never gets any calls either i don't know if you know about that but anyways it's cool. i, can see I mean it. I can see that. yeah this is one of those frustrating games this heat one where i'm just like you know the heat are up the whole time not by a huge margin i think their biggest lead was like 15 or something uh yeah Celtics have to like scratch and claw their way back there's no like rhythm like no team gets into a rhythm at all it's all this like you know uh playing playing the fouls game and you know at some point they yeah. just kind of they kept fouling bam over and over again because they were like well it stops the clock he misses his free throws we get the ball back so yeah we'll, we'll play that game um and then they just started like and i feel like at any moment like the celtics really could have just like busted out but then they just kept they kept missing some like bunnies and stuff and you're like ah fuck it's just not gonna happen yeah game. they had a bad shooting night mm-hmm. like, um, which i'm surprised because like uh yesterday 
even though I thought Jimmy played a lackluster game, like offensively against the Raptors, mm. um, defensively um, today, I saw like some tweet about, uh, I saw some tweet that said that he held all of his opponents scoreless. Like uh, nobody scored on him. Yes. I think I might've seen, I might've seen the same tweet. He, um he guarded one through five, I think. Yeah. And now not one of them scored. So yeah. So, like, Having him out, um, I thought would definitely hurt the defense, but I ac- actually think they played better defense today that without him than they did yesterday. It's good team defense, yeah, for sure. Um, so for the Heat, at least, uh, you know, I think I feel pretty good about how, about how they've been playing, like as far as going into these playoffs. I don't know if it matters too much like what seed they get like even if they drop to five uh because me personally I, I think they should chill here in four or five like uh i don't know like if the celtics start losing or something and the heat manage to bump up one i don't really know uh i don't really know if that is is the then move because then they're playing philly yeah and then uh, philly's a matchup nightmare for them i would i would think yeah, and I think um, just even though teams say this every year, they'd be like, well, you know, we beat so-and-so in the regular season, but, um, you know, they, they've beaten the Bucks in this regular season. So the Heat, you mean? Yeah, like yeah. something about the Celtics seems like more challenging, to be honest. Okay. Um, but I think that's irrational because of the just the rando games. Like there was a game where bam like shut down Giannis and Giannis had like 16 points which is like you know mm. a, a shutdown for him pedestrian yeah is that your like your main takeaway from this game going forward that like um the team defense with, with Jimmy out sort of stepping um, up uh, I guess yeah like I think I like to see their I like to see their defense improve and I like to see uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero have swaggy plays in the same game because uh, sometimes it feels like it's hard to get them both going. Like, uh, so I mean, lately they've been averaging, you know, less swaggy plays per game than normal. So, you know, they have to sort of up that for the playoffs. Yeah. We need a lot of that for the playoffs for sure. <laughs> um, I, I was, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, when you, you always want to take away something from a loss, right. You know, as a coach, coach Leary over here, um, I did like uh, Jalen Brown uh, feeling himself. Um, I I haven't seen him be that. I mean, the last game he did, he he put in some points and helped out against Portland, obviously. But this game, he um, even with some missed shots, he was feeling like confident. Uh, he is starting oh, yeah. to. He's kind of discovered like his speed a little bit. He's doing a lot of flashing in this game, but I've never seen him like really like hitting like you know speeds I've never seen him seen him hit before. So I thought that was kind of interesting and hayward um i feel it was fired up about the fact that people were making fun of his jersey so he's like uh <laughs> fuck all these communists on twitter i don't give a fuck i'm just gonna like do whatever i want to out here and that was that kind of you know i i like seeing him get a little ballsy sometimes on the court uh he had his like first technical uh for the first time in a while and that was in this game um he like never gets technicals uh he was True. pissed yeah so getting fired up a yeah. little bit it's that mustache yeah, that mustache was uh, was interesting. It it really made me want to see him not 
succeed. Grow a mustache. It actually it made me root more against him probably than I ever have, really. Because normally <laughs> the hair, the hair is like, you're just like, That's how it. is this hair still looking like this, like in the fourth yeah. quarter? He's got great hair. Yeah, I got to admit. He's got the, the, the fade into the beard and everything. He's, he's got a good barber, I got to admit. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was a fun game. It was unexpected. I didn't think that was uh, going to be how that went down. So as long as it's close, I'm, I'm always happy. And uh, you know, maybe it, maybe they meet up in the playoffs. Probably not. But uh, yeah, the the one and eight plays the four and five, and the two and seven plays the three and six. So if you guys scoot up, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, the they would have to they would have to move up a, a spot, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. Bucks uh, lost to the Nets, and uh, it looks it looked kind of silly out there. That's true, exactly. But losing to the Nets and shit, you know, that's why I'm like, you know what? Stay stay in the four or five area, like <laughs> stay around there. Yeah. you never you never know what could happen. The bu- the Bucks are beatable for sure. I think they're uh they're number one, but they're uh they're they're sort of a paper tiger. So yeah, TLC ate them up, twenty six points. <laughs> Chase Wait. waterfalls on their ass. Yeah, <laughs> it was unpretty. Unpretty. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Did you see Devin Booker's game winner? Uh, yes. Yes, I love the I love how the Suns are just playing their asses off in this bubble. I love it. Yeah, my favorite part about that was how they waited for him to come into the locker room afterwards, mm-hmm. and they like, oh, yeah. bombarded him with water wow. and all kinds of cheers. <laughs> like if uh, you, it was like the end of a Karate Kid movie or something. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, still three games out of eight or something like that. It's crazy, but <laughs> yeah. So that's but, like that was their championship right there. It is. I love that they're playing hard. Like I mean. That's the thing. It's like you have no chance of making it. It's just fun to beat the teams who are who are trying to like you know find the right seed and stuff. So TJ Warren still balling out. Still hasn't scored less than thirty. I don't know what this guy like. What what did he? What happened to him? He just decided to test him for PEDs immediately. I think you're right. The way they did the ball. Or the heat play them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, is that the? Is is that who they play next? Uh, No, they play Milwaukee. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, the Heat sorry, play Phoenix, next, but um, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. But they mm-hmm. end up playing the Pacers t- two times in these little uh, restart games, so little seating. You got TJ Warren twice. Yeah, TJ versus Jimmy, which was like already a anticipated battle, but now that he's like on fire, it's like all set up for prime time. Like this is gonna yeah. be real interesting. Portland with the big win over the Rockets. Um. They're playing hard too. Yeah, they look super good. Um, one thing I noticed that I feel like uh, I want to pay more attention to going forward is just mellow because I feel like there's not a lot of mellow left. Yeah, and, you're right. This might be the last of them, actually. And he looks really good. Like in the, he does. In the little bit of the game I watched, he had like pivotal uh, actions, like where he. He had a solid three. Like he's out there, uh, yeah. looking in super good shape, playing defense. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you see the the before after of like from uh, from before the uh, the season got postponed, and then now, like he slimmed down and like and and got the bulk. Well, he kind of just slimmed down for the most part, but yeah. And the before he looks, he's like grimacing, and then that yeah. <laughs> he's got like a beaming smile. 
<laughs> he's a uh, yeah. I don't know. He's got something. Um, he's trying to prove something, I guess. But how old is he now? Man, he's it's like fifty nine. <laughs> it's like he's got to be at least fifty nine. I heard that. Um, he's you know 36. how thirty six. You know how the the Rockets uh beat the um beat the Bucks, and then the Nets went in and beat the Bucks. Apparently, yeah. they met each other by the pool. The Nets and the Rockets, and they gave they gave each other tips on how to beat the Bucks. This is good. This is bubble. This is bubble drama. This Damn. I love. Like, and I, I, it's funny. I didn't even think about it before, but like, this is a thing. Like, all these teams are in the same like few blocks of each other, right? Like, they could just meet up and talk about shit about other teams and do this. And like, this is something they don't normally have access to. Is like all of each other's knowledge. True. Interesting. Yeah, well, the Heat needed to talk to the the Nets and the Rockets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> man, you guys got Bam though. Bam's a good weapon for uh, for Giannis. Giannis exactly. Yeah. That's why Solid. that's why it works out. You know, like mm. um, I feel like the trade that that Miami made, getting Igudala and Crowder in the mix, helps a little bit with Boston. You know, because this is the first time we've played Boston with with Iggy. With, yeah, with those two yeah. guys. Yeah. As far as just bodies, you know, but they they didn't um, do that much tonight. But like, be, just mm-hmm. being out there, they can help a lot with uh, all the wings, you know, because Boston yeah. has like uh, you, all those wing players, all star wings, yeah, like three, basically three all star wing players, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, and uh, Crowder, I mean Crowder, that's his assignment. He's three and D. That's that's what he does. Still though, I feel I feel better about like going into facing Giannis and the Bucks and just having Bam be able to guard Giannis like yeah for sure um because I don't know it just seems to work out I don't know this game today was encouraging but I still uh, don't want to play I don't want the heat to play Boston in the playoffs it'd be fun for sure I mean they haven't played each other in I want to say eight years in the playoffs it's been 2012 yeah since you all had the big three but we still got a big three now, though, with uh, Kelly well, O, Tyler Hero. Kelly O, by the way, I forgot to mention this motherfucker. Like, gets the uh, that offensive foul on Tatum, uh, and I was like, I mean, it's a clear offensive foul too. Like, that's an easy call to make because you know he stood his ground right there on the sideline. But damn, I didn't know he's taking all these charges now. Like, where was this Kelly when he was on Boston? Yeah, Spo, man, Spo got him right, dude. Like, uh, but no, really, um, Bubble Kelly. This whole bubble time, he's been playing just like the best that he can play. Like yeah, every, true. Every game, like in this game, he had eight assists. He, he did. Led yeah, he in assists. Um, <laughs> and because Damn. of his play, that's who Spo inserted into the starting lineup uh, in place of Jimmy Butler. As a, uh, yeah, he just uh, you know changed the lineup around a little bit, but he put Kelly to get those to get that spot. Put him at center, right? Yeah, yeah, and then uh, him and Bam basically take turns essentially in like the four mm. and the five. The Heat play like relatively positionless, anyways. Yeah, kind of but, a small ball almost. Yeah, except if Bam's in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, Kelly's just been been balling out, and and Dragic, and uh, they said that X ray on his ankle is negative, so he's just got like a little a- ankle sprain. He fucking hurt his ankle in like the last twenty seconds of the game. I saw that. Yeah, I saw him carting him off. He landed but, on. He, he was making that like pass trying to avoid the foul, and he landed on. I think Tatum's foot. Yeah, like he. Uh, 
he's getting older and he played hard yesterday. I feel like he's just been playing too many minutes. I think he needs to to take a little rest. But yeah, this has been another fantastic multi-day time traveling ass episode of yeah. the Ballers. I hope that everyone's enjoying bubble basketball. Uh, Zion yeah. be with all of you. No matter what Kyrie says, the bubble is not flat. The bubble is round and uh, penetrable. So I hope they're all <laughs> following the rules <laughs> yeah. because uh, I don't want to see this shit get popped. I still kind of no. feel like it's very poppable. So uh, super poppable. Yeah. I'm just hoping I'm hoping it stays bubbly. <laughs> if you live in Orlando, please wear a mask. If you see Lou Williams at a strip club, don't don't touch him. Well, free ballers, listeners love y'all. Love yourselves. Yeah. I love you too. Love you too, John. And I love I love you, Alex. Hey, Amo. Very, very beautiful and sweet. Goodbye. <laughs> that's uh, that's how you end like a rivalry game like that. You know what, Alex? <laughs> after all this, I still I, I still love you, girl. <laughs> love y'all. I'll see love y'all, y'all later. We'll see y'all next week. It's been another free ballers. Uh, go Heat and Go Celtics. Uh, we'll talk about this Heat win. Uh, we will talk about the Celtics win yeah. after they win tomorrow, August 4th, 2020. Yeah. Which is really funny because you're hearing this after hearing John and I talk about the Heat win <laughs> in the same game. <laughs> but uh, that's just the way this episode is. It's a crazy. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flat circle, man.